Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. Hey, what's up, you guys? Jeff Cohn here with another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where we interview top team leaders, broker owners, and thought leaders from across the country. As many of you probably already hear, I'm losing my voice. So I'm excited to be hosting a good friend of mine, top real estate broker, team leader, mentor, Mr. Robert David Rogers out of Norfolk, Virginia. How'd I do? Good. Awesome. Why don't you tell our guests? Excited to be here. Excited to have you. Um, We're coming into December and a lot of people are thinking, wow. 2022. Let's get away from 2021. We're ready to take over the world and dominate. And so today we're going to talk about a topic that I know is near and dear to both of our hearts, which is career visioning, thinking about what we want out of our career, out of our business, out of our job, and out of our life. Before we get into that, let's talk about you because I know you have a really exciting past and have done a lot of really exciting things in the real estate space. Yeah. So I've been in real estate for almost 18 years now. And originally from Atlanta, Georgia, I moved to uh, Norfolk, Virginia uh, about nine years ago. And when I first moved here, I was a solo agent um, in Atlanta with many different companies. I moved here and I actually was hired on as the sales manager of a mega team, uh, which I ran for almost five years. I left there. I was a team leader at Keller Williams for almost a year. And during that time, I realized that that really wasn't the uh, long-term role for me, that I wanted to, uh, you know, pilot and drive my own ship. Yep. And I was tired of padding everyone else's pockets. I, you know, wanted to do something to benefit my own. And uh, so I started my own brokerage. Uh, Cresco's Real Estate here in Norfolk. And now uh, in May, it'll actually be May of 2022 will be four years. Okay, awesome. So let's let's go through the years. So Robert, how long were you selling as an individual agent? From 2004 until 2012. Wow, nine years. And then you got hired to jump into a mega. How many agents on the mega team? So when I joined, I think we had about eight. Um, and we had 44 when I Holy resigned. Cow. Dude, you built that eight to 44 and you were the... Yeah, in about four and a half years. And Keller Williams speak when someone says team leader, that's kind of like the recruiter. That's kind of like the team leader of a normal residential real estate team, right? Yes. And I was pretty much everything except uh, the recruiter. My job was much more the sales manager. Okay. Um you know, train the agents on how Boomtown works, get them up and running. Um, and, uh, you know, then we had daily huddle. We were really strict. Like, I'm not that strict with my agents. In fact, my top two agents just got on me because they're like, you're not strict enough. Um, and uh, just because we lived in that really strict world of you had to show up at 9 a.m. every day. Yep. And 
we had a, a half hour huddle. And during that huddle, everybody talked about what they were, what they had working on, any challenges they had, et cetera. Um, and they had to report how many calls they made since the day before. Well, no one wanted to sit there and twiddle their thumbs and not have anything to report. Yep. So while it sucked, especially it also, in a way, it forced people to learn how to manage their schedules because, you know, you had to be proactive because you couldn't have a home inspection at 9 a.m. Sure. Because you they because had you, to be there. Yeah. And if you did, then you were going off lead rotation. Uh, so you didn't want that to happen. I love it. So nine years individual, four years as the team leader running a mega team, essentially. Yep. And then you got hired on at a Keller Williams office to be the TL, which is more yep. of the recruiting role. And then you kind of got to the point where you're like, you know what, I've done all of this. I've built all these other people's businesses. It's time to go off and start my own. So let's, let me ask you this question first, because you skipped a step. You left from the TL role to be a broker. Most people would leave to be a team leader of a mega team and then become a broker. So how did you have the confidence to just say, you know what, I think I'm at a point where I can just be the broker and start my own team, my team ridge, if you will. Yeah. So mentally, I wanted to do it when I resigned um, from the mega team. I was really ready then to go. Um, I had probably 70% of the knowledge that I needed um, to go be a team, um, to be a team leader and start my own team. Mm -hmm. um, I knew at that point, I kind of, everybody here has their own shop. There's, Whereas we do have Keller Williams and EXD and all of those here, it because we're so transient and military, it doesn't really matter what the name of your company is. You know, no one cares. So I wanted to do it under my own brokerage whenever I did that. And at the time, I did not have a Virginia broker's license. One of the requirements was it the Keller Williams offices in our area, the team leaders are the managing broker as well. So part of me being hired was the first month I was there, I went back to school and got my broker's license. So it actually, if I'd had my broker's license, I don't know if I would have taken that transition step, but I didn't. So when I got hired into that role and this OP pursued me like crazy, mm -hmm. um, and when she was like, Hey, well, the first month you're here, I'm going to send you back to school to get your broker's license. I was like, well, you know what? If this doesn't work out, I at least have another thing that I need to have another piece yep. of the puzzle to jump in order to. Jump. All right. So, so what, what year did you jump? 2017, I think. Okay. So four years ago, going on five, you mentioned that you felt like you were at 70% where you needed to be to be able to run a team and or a brokerage, I'm assuming. So yep. how did you fill in the gap of on that, that 70%? So during the nine and a half months that I was a team leader at Keller Williams, I learned a ton. One of the things I had not been privy to, I think probably intentionally, um, when I was running the mega team is I was never shown the financials, um, you know, strategic marketing, Mark, uh, yep. strategic partnerships, formerly yep. MSAs yep. were never explained. I didn't know any of that. But when I went into the team leader role, I learned all of that. And I was like, and I mean, I guess I could have been listening to podcasts and learning all that stuff, but this is, you know, this podcast that you're on right and now, we had talked about all of that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> not, not in 2017. Nope. 
<laughs> yeah. You see what I mean? So yep. I didn't know. And then like the whole piece that you could have ownership and a joint venture and a title agency and all that, like, like, holy crap. So I learned all that during my tenure as team leader. And then it was just like, holy shit, this is a no brainer. Yeah, let's go. Um, so where are you at now? Delicious through 17 to 21, how you're going to end the year, agent count, gross volume, all the fun stuff. Yes. Yeah, so we, uh, we just broke 50 million uh, in oh. volume. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've got about 18 agents yeah. uh, within the brokerage. Uh, I think we're going to hit somewhere between 175 and I would love to say we're going to do 200 transactions, but I think we're probably going to fall somewhere in the 180s. Close to it. What's your average sale price? Uh, like a, I looked the other day. I think it's 304. Okay. So after making this jump and you started to get the information you needed to learn how the big mega teams ran and brokerages, how have you done in terms of going out and getting those strategic partnerships lined up to help cover your marketing costs and charging broker fees? To help offset your admin expenses and all that stuff. Pretty good. I, you know, I started off with the broker admin charge. I have raised it. Where are you at? Uh, we're at four ninety five now. On both sides. Mm-hmm. In Omaha, we charge six hundred on the buy and a thousand on the sell. Yeah, I, I always put this so out there bad. for the whole world. You can do whatever I you know. want. Just change the I, contract. I want to do that. Just so change the bad. contract. It's easy. Anyone listening yeah, right my now? Top just change the contract. Just when I talk about just it, just change the um, contract. Just change the contract. It's it. so funny it. how it's in her mind. So in some arenas, it's controlled how much you can charge. I believe in the car sale arena, at least in Nebraska, they only can charge a certain amount. I think they call it dock fee. And they only can charge a certain dollar amount. It's so funny. I bought a new Raptor Gen 3. It was the first one in Nebraska two weeks ago. And they said, hey, there's there's this $300 dock fee or stamp fee or whatever. It's, the, it's a junk fee. And I oh. laughed and I said, I'm happy to pay that. I said, when you buy a house with me, it's going to be 600 and they all got a they all got a kick out of it, but it's not a junk fee. I mean, I'm sure the car dealership, just like we are, is offsetting the cost of their admin staff by charging yeah. a fee. So they're providing better service to the consumer, and better that we understand that, the better we start to feel about charging more and offering better service and charging more and offering better service. Mercedes doesn't po- apologize for their AMG. That's 160 thousand. You're buying an experience, and that's what we wanted to represent. I know that's how you are as well. Yeah. Uh, so I would say that I failed Ford every year. Um, I wouldn't be where I am today. You know, like I'm such a better leader now than I was when I first stepped into that sales manager role. Um, you know, I was a lot younger then. I was in my early thirties mm-hmm. and, um, yet, and I'm not the same person today that I was four years ago when I, decided to open a brokerage and, you know, I've kind of failed for it along the way. And fortunately, a few years ago, I went to the Boomtown Unite conference. That's how I heard about ERS. And, you know, then in January, we signed up with ERS and that's been a uh, game changer for us. Awesome. Thank you for saying that. I'm rocking the hat for those just listening. Elite Real Estate Systems is our coaching platform that we launched in 17. Coincidentally, right when you left Keller Williams to go launch your own brokerage, um, Elite Real Estate Systems is known for coaching and training individual agents, team leaders, investors, broker owners, and anyone and everyone wanting to scale and build a dominant real estate business in their marketplace. 
We have over 100 team leader clients. We've had thousands of clients come through our coaching organization. We've had tens of thousands attend our team building workshops, and we will continue to bring the industry the latest, greatest in systems and technology and lead gen and accountability and all the pillars that help people scale and dominate like Robert is in his market. So if anyone wants more information about that, go to growwithers.com. We just launched our elite team building guide for free, which is going to essentially showcase the top 12 topics that we cover every year, which leads us into the topic of today. The topic of December every year is career visioning, goal setting. We talk about how to help impact and influence those within our world to help them make good choices as to, as to what will motivate them the following calendar year so that they can determine how much income they want to make and then the key performance indicators that go behind that. And then you as a leader can work with them to train them on the things that they have to do at a high level and hold them accountable to it. So Robert, why don't you talk, talk to us about these 18 agents and what you guys are doing to help motivate them to live and lead the lives of their dreams? Yeah, so uh, one of the things that I'm really excited about, because this is not something that we did last year, uh, we just did had everybody do their vision boards so that we could really do that career visioning and really kind of now, you know, we implemented in June doing the weekly one-on-ones. And so now we can actually see the process unfold throughout the entire year versus the half year. Mm-hmm. And it's really just, you know, those one-on-ones have tremendously helped us with, you know, I feel like real estate agents, it's probably the same in any sales profession that's not, you know, micromanaged. Um, real estate agents are notorious for drift. And, you know, it's it's the same thing that a boat has in the open sea, where if you just stop, you just, you think you're not going anywhere, that you just stopped, but you're not, you're like moving Oh, I love this it. way. Either going up or going down. And There's a quote I in my keynote, Robert, I want to share with real quick. It's one of my favorite quotes. It says, um, it's not enough to be busy. So are the ants. The question is, what are we busy about? Yeah. And I, I think that's the thing too, that a lot of people don't realize is so, okay, we did this career visioning. We have these goals. And they feel like I heard this great quote and I love it because it goes so well with real estate. Your aunts reminded me. And that's that like, you know, you can't see termites, but they're doing a shitload of damage. <laughs> I love And it. I think, you know, but they can completely destroy the foundation of a house. And I they think do. that people don't realize sometimes that it's those little tiny movements that you don't even see that are either pulling you away from your goal or or they're pulling you towards your goal. And it doesn't feel like anything has happened because you're just making these small little things. And that's where I think it's so important for us as leaders to hold our people accountable and help them kind of stay focused throughout the year on whatever their goals were. And through that career visioning process, I think is what's important because it's not just, oh, I want to buy a new car. Right. Like, I think that's where a lot of people get hung up. And we really had to explain to people, the vision board is not just that you want a new Mercedes or you want a Range Rover. Like, it's so much more. And I loved coming to Omaha when we did the smaller team building, I guess, the the workshop. Mm -hmm. And you were talking about the agent who 
you know, him and his wife wanted to have children. And so they needed, they were going to have to invest in IVF in order to do that, which is extremely expensive. Yep. Yeah. It's it's like buying a car in cash basically. And the, I think that, you know, when you extract that out of somebody and then you can help them understand on a granular level that, okay, like I can't just exist and I can't just go out there and show houses. Like I actually need to sit down and I need to figure out how many houses, like, okay, I'm going to need to sell, you know, 15, let's just call it 15 houses a year to pay my household expenses. So then if Robert, I want to put money in. Let me jump in for a second. Tire. The thing I started to recognize is people don't even know why they're working. People, yeah. people are led by fear. So they think, okay, I have this electric bill. I have a water bill. I have a car payment. I have a house payment. I have grocery bills. We might take a trip, you know, and then there's going to be miscellaneous stuff, birthdays, Christmas, whatever. And they have an idea arbitrarily of how much money they're going to need to generate, but they never have the goals that match it. What I like about career visioning, it's, it's playing offense versus defense and being intentional. So it's not just, am I going to cover the expenses? That's defense. It's how am I going to live my best life? And what we've learned is like, if people can come into our world across all of our different businesses, mortgage company, title, insurance, et cetera, and they believe that they can work less, make more and with less energy and live and lead the life of their dreams that they have defined themselves based on the vision board and the career visioning, they'll never leave you. They'll be happy. They'll be empowered. They'll be the best versions of themselves. Um, I'm going to pull up real quick if it's okay with you. For anyone watching, I'm going to share my screen. And in the show notes, we'll let everybody know the time uh, timestamp in which I shared the screen. So this was my vision board uh, before I went to South Africa. So you'll see I have quadrants, bottom right's working out, just eat real food. It shows squash, which I was wildly into squash. Now I'm playing pickleball. It shows CrossFit, which just reminds me to do circuit training, lifting weights. And then bottom left is travel. Um, it shows a few trips. I wanted to take my dad to Alaska, check. I wanted to take my family to South Africa and go on safaris, check. Wanted to go on a one-on-one trip with my wife for seven days to Singapore. Check. Top left quadrant, it was uh, Bitcoin. I have coins there. It was gold and um, Bitcoin type of currency. Um, Then it shows workshop, which is a reminder of our coaching company, building our investment portfolio, um, stocks. And then on the top right, the most important is the giving tree. Just remembering that all of this money in and of itself is an energy, which creates freedom and opportunity that people would never have if they didn't have the money. And so for those that are negative or have a negative relationship to money, quit looking at it in a negative light and see it for what it has, what it's able to accomplish. Nothing in the world gets done without money. You need it, even if you don't want to have to need it to be able to do certain things. And so use it that way. Don't care so much. I know you and I are probably the same. I don't care about the money at all. The money means nothing to me. It's what the money can do for me and the people around me. That means so much. Yeah. And and I think that's where, you know, people get lost and they don't realize that it's basically a wheel and, you know, your health. I love that you brought up your vision board because your health means just as much as the money in the bank because, and your relationships, you know, mean just as much as your health and your money in the bank, because if you let these, you know, a car can't drive with a flat tire. And if, some of these different spokes or, you know, whatever you want to call it in your life yep. aren't in alignment, it's going to cause you to fight against it. 
And it's going to make it more difficult to go out there and do the activities that you need to do to make everything else go well. You know, if you're constantly worried about money and you're not doing the activities that you need to do, that's going to make it really difficult for you to show up and work out three times a week if you need, if that was one of your goals, because you're going to have activities that begin to creep into that time because you didn't proactively play offense and keeping them out of those other times. Awesome. Which gets us into time blocking. So one of the things that's so important, a lot of people will do these vision boards and I see it a lot in like multi-level marketing companies They get young people all excited. What do you want to accomplish in your life? And they go and put up these images or they cut out of magazines, but what, where they fail, where they fail immensely is they don't create the key performance indicator that they have to do daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, the small and simple things consistently over a long period of time. So when you take, let's say one quadrant and mine was squash at the time I was playing twice a week. So I had a goal of playing twice a week for 60 minutes with John mortgage major, one of my best friends. And we did that consistently for three years, but it was something someone could track. So I could sit down with my one-on-one coach and they could go through the whole list. Did you play squash twice this week? Did you eat, just eat real food? You know, 90% of the time this week, are you preparing to go on the trip to South Africa? Did you book the tickets? Did you get your passport? Did you get your COVID vaccination? Did you save the money? Did you line up, you know, whatever the thing is you need to line up. If you haven't planned every detail before ever doing it, this is a huge takeaway. I'll use Pat Ivins. Now that's a pearl. If you haven't planned out every single detail to the thing that you want to accomplish that's on your vision board, you'll never do it. Yep. You have to plan it before you've ever done it. But if you've planned it before you've ever done it, you now can get coached, trained, you can read books, mastermind around becoming the best version of yourself. So you can do the small and simple things consistently over long periods of time until you check these things off your list. One last thing I want to say, and I know I'm talking too much. I even told Robert I wouldn't talk much today because I sound like I smoked three packs of cigarettes a day right now. The thing that's fascinating to me after hiking a 14er in Colorado, which means you're above 14,000 feet, way above treeline. A guy my size, I'm 320 right now, trying to lose weight. That's one of my goals next year to get down to 220, putting it out there. When you walk above 14,000 feet, you take six or seven steps and you stop. So I was trying to summit this mountain. I did summit it. Took 12 hours, Pikes Peak. You start at two in the morning because as a granite summit. So um, a lot of lightning storms in the late afternoon. And if lightning hits, you can you can die. People die every year summiting Pikes Peak because of the granite summit. So I was always excited. I see this summit. I'm there. I'm going to make it 20 minutes away. I get there and there's another summit. And then I'm like, damn it. I'm not there yet. There's another summit. There's another, I think there's four false summits on Pikes Peak, but this is life. So I think what's so fascinating to me is I share my vision board. Every year, this vision board's changed. I can go back 10 years ago and it's a totally different vision board. I never would have put Singapore, South Africa and Alaska on a board for the same year. Never in my million years did I dream I'd do all that in one year. And I did. And it, like my life has only gotten bigger and bigger and bigger because I've made, a, I've created a life that's bigger. I've chosen that intentionally. And I've done all the little things to live up to that lifestyle. And I'm not winning in all quadrants. I want to be better. I always will seek to become better and will always fall short. You said it so perfectly. You fell forward. You've failed mm-hmm. forward to where you are today. But the point I wanted to make to everyone is everyone has these things they think right now. They always have said, I'm going to one day do X. I'm going to have a certain type of physique. I'm going to go on a certain trip. I'm going to take my family to a certain place. I'm going to save money for my kid's education, whatever that thing is. 
But what's so fascinating is once you've accomplished that thing, you don't even know right now what the next thing's going to be. You mm-hmm. haven't thought you haven't thought past the summit. And so when we create our vision boards, they're usually 12 month to five year goals, but dare to, to create another board, which is your second summit board, create your second board of once I've done A, then I'm going to do B. And if you want to get real crazy, then go, okay, once I do B, what am I going to do for C? And what I did and what got me on this train of thinking is I was part of an association called GoBundance, which is gentlemen that are a net worth of a million dollars. And we had bucket list items and you had to have 100 items on your bucket list. And I went through and created my list. I had like 10 things on my bucket list, but then everybody shared their bucket list. And I'm like, that sounds cool. I want to hike Machu Picchu. That sounds cool. I want to go parasailing. You know, you start taking other people's stuff and you start to recognize there's a lot more life out there that I haven't lived that I want to live, not just so I can show off on social, but I want to have that experience. And so I would challenge everyone listening that as you create your board, share it with others, tell people about it. It'll, it'll bother certain people. It'll make people feel uncomfortable because they're not doing this for themselves because by not doing it, then you don't have to experience failure and loss by not creating the board. You don't have to go through pain. But the truth yeah. is, by, by not creating the board, you'll never have true glory or true love or true happiness and true fulfillment. Yeah. And, you know, I think I've been listening to a ton of podcasts this year. And I listen to one that I don't listen to tons of stuff that Dave Ramsey does. Uh, but every once in a while, I'll, I'll tune in and I'll listen because I like some of the stuff that he says. And this really stuck with me and I want this to like, you know, stay with me so I can give this example to people. But he had this guy call in on a show one day that was 74 years old Mm -hmm. and was a truck driver. And I think that it not picking on that guy at all. I think, unfortunately, that man is an example of what happens when you had no goals. Because... At 74 years old, he doesn't have a paid-for house. He hasn't put money in his retirement account because there were always other things to pay for. So no offense there. Um, And he still, he didn't even have a paid-for car. And he's just trying to figure out, like, I'm a truck driver. Like, I'm literally not going to be able to do this job much longer. Physically. And Yeah. And that... You know, it, it's sad to hear that. And, and again, I don't want I'm, I'm not saying that to poke any sort of fun at that man. I can't imagine how painful his circumstance is. But I think that that is, you know, if we don't play offense, life is going to keep moving. And it's real easy for, you know, the months to turn to years, the years to turn to decades. And Dude, my decades, head is gone. Yeah. And the decades to turn to your life. And then you're like, holy shit, I didn't do any of this stuff. And now I'm just screwed. No, hundred percent. I would say to anyone that feels that way right now, you're not screwed. The 74 year old can still do it. We always can do it. That's what's so beautiful. And there's no finish line. No one's going to do it so well that they check a box and say, it's done. You know, even I'm at 320, I need to wait, lose a bunch of weight. I need to get my physique going. Everyone has the thing that they need to get going on. And then once you focus on that, what I find for me is then I start slipping in another quadrant. Life is like this giant balancing act of performing yeah. everything at the same time. But no, there is no balance. finish line. Yeah, there's no balance. It's, it's um, 
chaos. Uh-huh. It's, an or- it's an organized chaos. Well, I, I appreciate you sharing the story. I think more often than not, that's the situation people are in. Um, there's a great book called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. Sounds a little yes, more than... Yes, I love that book. You've read that? Oh, yes. And so one of the gr- regrets was living a life that someone else wanted them to live and not living up to their full potential of what they wanted, but living the, the life your mom or dad wanted for you or your significant other wanted for you. And I thought that was pretty fascinating. So if you haven't read that book, pick it up. Also, another great book is The Dream Manager. As we talk about career visioning, The Dream Manager was a janitorial company with a couple, I think, seven or 800 employees. And the CEO, through a process of surveying the people within their organization and looking for pain points, essentially hired this role within the company called a Dream Manager, where this individual who has experience as a financial planner and a life coach would sit down with janitors on a weekly or bi-monthly basis and help them work through the challenges they were facing, which were challenges that I never had to face in my life. You know, there's people that never owned homes before, never had a car before, used public transit, couldn't even get to work half the time because the public transit didn't run at night when janitors are typically needing rides. And so that's our, the onus is on us as we wrap up this podcast today. True leaders serve their followers by empowering them to be just like them. And it's our responsibility to show people the way We can't just give them a lead and expect they're going to know to make the 10 calls and send two texts and leave two voicemails and do it at the level we would do it at. We have to have Mm -hmm. the coaching. We have to have the training. We have to have the accountability components. We have to have the systems, the support, the passion, the love. And at the end of the day, it's all about helping everyone realize their dreams and in so doing us realizing our dreams. Yeah, I agree. So we invite anyone and everyone who's been on this podcast with us today, Robert, thank you so much. You are so authentic as you always are. We invite you guys to check out Elite Real Estate Systems. We're different. Uh, We're group coaching. We're modern coaching for the modern agent. We offer a lot of value for a very low price. We're under a thousand a month. If you want more information about it, again, just go out to growwithers.com. We'd love to see you on one of our upcoming team leader calls on Thursdays. Robert is there live on most Thursdays as are a lot of our other team leader clients, but it's all recorded as well. So If you can't make a live session, you get the recorded session. The month of December is all on this topic, career visioning, goal setting. As you listen to podcasts over Thanksgiving, New Year's, and going into 2022, make a change. Right now, you're just a piece of wood drifting. You're listening to podcasts, which is a great step. You might have already tried coaching in the past, which is a great step. But it's time to take the next leap and make a new commitment for yourself, for your family, for everyone that you impact and influence. So you can level up as a leader and you can give those in your organization a fighting chance to live and lead the lives of their dreams. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Robert, for coming on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Have a good one.